Well, good morning again. Good morning. Oh, this is a little more difficult than I thought. I got it. So we're going we're gonna to continue in a series that we've titled Simple. And uh, we're going to do something a little different. I don't know that it's ever been done this way here before. But we're going we're gonna to team teach this morning with a whole bunch of people. Uh, but as we get started, so last week we talked about the notion of living a simple life, right? Where uh, my friend Lance Witt came and he talked to us about quieting the soul and asking ourselves the question here early on in January, how well is it with your soul? We talked about the simplification of life that can take place. And there's nothing, no greater season than the beginning of a year really to take advantage of that, that as we start afresh, we have the opportunity to slow. So this whole series of this idea of simple came out of uh, Ray and I sitting down before he left for his sabbatical and talking through how difficult it is to pause in life. Right? Everything in our world drifts us towards the complex, towards the overcomplicated. It's the opposite of simple. It's so difficult to find time and to simplify our lives to experience things around us in a different way. And so that's what this series is about. And so we talked about the simple life. Today we're going to talk about the idea of simple church. How do we be a church uh, that is simple? And while that may sound like an insult, it's not intended to be, right? It's not about being simple-minded. It's about slowing down and being purposeful and intentional about the things that we do. It's certainly not just a convenient title. It really is our philosophical approach. It's how we say yes to things and no to other things around here. Let me illustrate that for you just a little bit. So this is a drawing of two different churches. All right? One, the church on the left, is how many, many churches operate. Many great churches operate this way. In fact, I grew up in a church like this, I've worked at churches like this, where they understand that their, that their approach is through programs, through creating more and more and more opportunities for people to come to the church, to grow and to be educated and to be taught, right? We fill it with all kinds of programs. Our approach is a little different. We tend to focus on the notion of design. And behind that idea of design is the notion of movement. So we really tend to focus on a couple of things. Worship. Groups. Serving. And investing. Right? Worship, groups, serving, and investing. Worship being this opportunity that we have to gather and worship God. Groups being these places that after we gather as a large group of people, we break out and we spend time in groups. We've decided that one of our values is that we are better together. Right? That circles are better than rows. And so we gather all throughout the week in all kinds of different places to be together in smaller groups. And we place a huge emphasis on the idea of serving, 
right, that we recognize that if you come here and you experience church on a Sunday morning and all you do is sit here and then you leave, you don't serve, you don't get involved in a group, you're not getting the entirety of what it means to be in a community. And then we also focus on the idea of investing in our community and around the world, right? It's not to say that these things don't happen because, as you know, they do happen. But they happen through these very simple, designed, uh, non-programmatic avenues. And it keeps what we do very, very simple, right? And that may be foreign. It may be unusual. But it's certainly not new. Because if you look at Scripture, you'll see Jesus simplifying the religious order of the day. All over the place. That was his purpose, right? You think about his turning over of the religious norm in the book of Matthew where he comes out and he talks about the great commandment. We're going we're gonna to unpack that even more next Sunday. right? He says he makes the path clear. Later in Matthew, he talks about, or earlier in Matthew, he talks about making the yoke light and simple and easy. And then in Matthew 11, one of my favorite stories Jesus comes into a very complicated temple. Lots of things going on. And he gets so irritated by the complexity and the difficulty and that they had made going to church, worshiping God about something other than what it was supposed to be. He got so angry that he turned over tables. And I think that the over-complexity of church and the over-complexity of our lives negatively impacts our own experience with God and it negatively impacts our culture. It erodes our ability to be relationally connected with God and it erodes our ability to be relationally connected with each other. We get so tied up in the things that we do every day that we don't take time to understand who God has truly designed us to be, not only in the world, but in the context with each other. And so this morning, I'm going to invite the entire pastoral staff to come sit up here, right? This church has uh, a lot of people that um, serve you, serve the community each and every week, but I've asked just the pastoral staff to come and be a part of uh, a discussion around this notion of simple church. Part of this was Ray and I sitting down going, I'm not sure there's a bunch of new staff. I'm not sure everyone knows everyone. And so we wanted you to see who they were, In fact, we're going to show you some pictures of their family as we introduce folks. Uh, But I also want to give you an opportunity to ask some questions. And so we've created a a Google number that you can text a question to. No guarantees I'm going to read it, right? It's very dangerous, right? But it's an opportunity for you to ask a question, and someone here on the panel hopefully will have a great answer. But will you uh, welcome the pastoral staff for me? I also want you to be aware that we're not going to fill the balance of race sabbatical with panel discussions, all right? So don't worry about that. So, um, yeah, so this is the team. If you do have a question, you can text it to that. It'll show up here on my phone, and I will have an opportunity to ask that question of the panel as we go on. So uh, I want them to introduce themselves to you in terms of their uh, chronological stage in which they came here. So the person who's been here the longest, actually, let me introduce myself. I'm Dave. I haven't been here the longest, but I'm hosting, so they asked me to introduce myself first. This is me and my family. It's Margie on the left and uh, Abby there next to me and Piper on the far left. Uh, That's my family. 
And uh, my role here is the executive pastor. I oversee all the day-to-day functions of, of the church, and I um, basically allow Ray to do what he does best, which is communicate uh, God's Word each and every week. All right? So, Susan, you've been here the longest of anyone that's sitting here. Yes. That doesn't mean I'm the oldest. Nope. <laughs> but I have been here the longest. I've been, he- I've been here 16-plus years. I am the congregational care pastor. I oversee lots of different things, the Monday night recovery support and marriage ministry, homebound um, ministry, senior citizens, prayer ministry, baptism, you name it. Um, You can see from there, there's my husband, Marshall, and I have three adult children. I have four grandchildren and a fifth one coming in March. Wow. I'm uh, Chuck Howard. And uh, you win. You win the number of uh, kids, grandkids. (laughs) Yeah, and I am the oldest. So, Uh, but this is uh, my family. Patty and I have been married for 43 years now. Hope I got that right. Um, And uh, we have. We also have. We have four children, uh, all married to great people, and uh, 11 grandchildren. And we got them all together recently and had a photo. So this is the photo here. Mm -hmm. We. uh, I I serve here as the administrative pastor, and uh, been here. uh, 15 years, I can't remember if I said that, uh, involved in a lot of the business stuff as well as some of our outreach, international outreach, uh, and uh, MANA, too. My name is Allison Gardner, and I um, oversee North Avenue. Uh, That is my husband, and we have no children. (laughs) Yet. Yet. Very far away. (laughs) My name is Kim Whetstone, and I'm the discipleship pastor here at Parkview, and this is a picture of my family, my husband, Tucson, and um, our um, children, Sadie and Isaiah. That was actually the day last year that my husband graduated with his PhD, so that's why we have such a such looks of joy on our face <laughs> after that long journey, um, but I get the amazing opportunity here at Parkview to um, create spaces and environments in which people can connect with God and connect with others and grow in their relationship with God. Sometimes that means that, um, you know, it's a moment of loan and helping someone get unstuck in their faith. And sometimes it definitely means um, getting people connected in community where they can be sharpened and challenged. And my name is Michael Porman, and I've been here at Parkview for about 18 months. Uh, I'm the children's pastor, so I get the great privilege of overseeing everything birth through fifth grade uh, here and all the ministries that that entails. Um, and uh, this is a picture of my family, my lovely wife, who we've been married for about 13 years. We have a nine-year-old and a six-year-old. And there are people who say, you, you have a nine-year-old? I, I know I look young, but yes, I do have a nine-year-old. Um, and uh, I've never heard anyone say that, that you look young. Someone in the store the other day oh, said okay, that to me. Nice. Yes. They were like, the, the lady was like, guess how old he is to the people behind me. And she goes, way to go, man. That's what she said. Wow. That's crazy. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, I've been here about 18 months, and uh, it's been a great privilege uh, to be here and to uh, start kicking things off like Parkview Kids Camp and other things like that. Uh, my name is Josh Afram, and I'm our fourth through eighth grade pastor. And I've also been here about 18 months. I, came, uh, I started about a month after Michael. And uh, a picture of, of myself and my wife, Paige, and we've been married about 18 months. We got married and then a few weeks later uh, moved here and started at Parkview. Uh, and my role here is just providing leadership and, and vision to the ministries and fourth through eighth graders and working with an incredible team of volunteers. Um, my family also has no kids and our household is currently mourning the loss of the Packers game yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's risky. 
That's, that's deep. Um, hey, uh, uh, my name is Donnie. Uh, I am the worship and creative arts pastor here at Parkview. Um, that means that I get to uh, work with a fantastic group of volunteers uh, on the band and the tech people as well to hopefully uh, create a, a safe space for you to worship on Sunday mornings. Uh, and, and that also means I uh, have a hand in uh, our communications department as well and kind of oversee uh, any kind of communication that you may receive from the bulletin that you got this morning to the website, to all that stuff. And uh, that's kind of a new new thing for me as well. Uh, this is my wife, Rachel. <clears throat> uh, and okay, so uh, I'm kind of ashamed to say this, but we have a we have a, a 17 month old daughter, and uh, so I just put her own picture up there because it's just worth looking at. Um, so uh, when you're in charge of the slides, you get to do that. Uh, no, really, we're we're really bad like about taking photos of our family. We don't actually have a good family photo unless we walk around our house with like a selfie stick or something. So I figured, why wouldn't you want to look at that every morning, right? So that's what I get to wake up to. So anyway, my name is Andy Clinky. I'm the high school pastor here. Uh, uh, that's my wife, obviously. That'd be really weird if it wasn't my wife. Um, uh, her name's Brittany, um, and I've been here just since the fall. Uh, I started in September. And what do you do? High, high school ministry. Awesome. I, I stutter there like, yeah, that's what I do, right? Yeah, Good. high school ministry. Yeah. <laughs> Good. All right. So I'm going to kick off this. We're gonna, there's no possible way everyone's going to get an opportunity to speak in, uh, because there's just a lot of us. Uh, but over the course of three services, you're more than welcome to come back. Everyone will have an opportunity uh, to share uh, some of their thoughts. But I want to start with uh, uh, Michael. Michael, you came from uh, a church in Indiana that uh, maybe... The, the great state of Indiana, let's well, just say that. Ah, I don't know why you do that every time. Um, <laughs> it's so hard for me to hold back. Um, and so... Uh, you came from a church that uh, maybe was a little bit more complicated, awesome church, but has a, had a lot of layers to it. So as you've been here, what is this notion of, of simple church? What has that meant to you? How has that played out for you? Yeah, so when I think about simple church, I think about the word margin. Uh, you know, we often hear that word when people talk about it from their own personal life to work to home. Uh, I don't think the church is any different, really, right? Um, I think in this frenetic, fast-paced culture we live in, we want more and bigger and better. Um, and I think over time, uh, that can creep into the church. And over time, that means that we overcomplicate with systems and programs, kind of what you uh, articulated up there on the, on the uh, sheet. And so uh, as I've been reading and researching, and, and even as I've been here, it, it, there's a phrase that came up was, where, where do we give space for God? Right? And, it, and it just it made me ponder, like, maybe doing more is actually doing less, um, creating spaces and margin for our families, for our personal lives, for us to allow God to move. Um, and I, that's been my experience since I've been here, mm. and, and I've appreciated that. Yeah. And, and Susan, you've been, here, you've been here the longest, so how, has, how, how does this um, idea of simple, when it relates to church, how does that play for you? I think the message, simple, is, is what it is. It's loving God and loving others. But sometimes uh, the message is simple, but it's not always that easy to do. And I think having been here or being, having been in church ministry 30-plus years, um, I've seen a lot of changes within the church. And there's always a tension for me, having been around for a while, to still make sure that people are brought to the presence of Christ, that that's the first and foremost thing, is to get people connected to Jesus and to get them to grow in their faith. 
but then also because of whatever circumstance or situation that they're in to make sure that they have support system, that they have a community which they can be uh, encouraged to grow in that faith. And then also, especially in the care ministry, is to make sure that everyone knows that they are loved, valued, and cared for no matter where they are in their life's journey and in their spiritual journey. So I struggle always with the tension of not wanting to program or have events for program and event's sake, but to be able to make sure that those three things mm. are included. Yeah. It's not always been the easiest. No, no, it has no. not. <laughs> <laughs> right? So um, t tell, talk a little bit about that if you want. Just, you know, this, is, this idea of simple... This idea of, of design versus program is, is something that um, is relatively new to, to Parkview. It's something that um, I don't, I'm, I'm not saying that I brought it, but it's something that we ushered in since I've been here. Um, but that's not always been easy for you. No, and, and it is having to rethink each time. I'm an idea person. I like to, I like to envision what God might have and uh, for people, and how to, again, as I said, to bring people together. But I do need checks and balances, and I realize that's just been a real tension of, of not running with every idea and every thought that I have and trying to hold back and say, is this really for the, the better good for our people mm. and um, to make sure that we really care for each of you in all ways mm. and not just what I think might be the best. <laughs> Yeah, because I think that's part of the notion of, of simple church is it's just as much about what gets said yes to, right? It's, about, it's, a, it's just as much about what gets developed in the life of the church as much as it is about what we say no to. And that saying no to things is often kind of challenging. Yes, it is. Yeah. So, so Kim, t tell us a little bit about how uh, this notion of, of simple plays out for you in the, in the discipleship uh, arena. I think that um, there's definitely a lot of people that talk to me about programming in the area of discipleship and wanting more and more programming. And I think that um, there was a quote I was reading recently by a man by the name of Dr. Gibbs out of Fuller Theological Seminary, and he said, if you develop the church, um, you won't always get disciples, but if you develop disciples, you will always get the church. Mm. And I think that that is kind of the difference in thinking. And so in the area of discipleship, um, in the world, when we look at the world at large, the areas of the world where we see the greatest growth within the church, capital C, Christ Universal Church, is the place where people are connecting in small communities and they're studying God's word together and they're learning how to put that into practice. And so um, within groups ministry at Parkview, and when we look at um, discipleship at Parkview, it's my hope that we can get people connected in groups and that they would realize that they don't have to be a super Christian. They don't have to be an expert in every area of the faith to be pouring into someone, but rather they just have to be one, one step ahead of the person who they're going to be pouring into. And when I think about discipleship um, the last few days, I've, I've been trying to think about what is kind of the simplest way to put it. And I would put it as... Um, spiritual friends for the journey who are in the relentless pursuit of Christ. Hmm. That's good. That's good. So, um, Josh, uh, to, as it relates to families, and, you know, you and, and Andy both and, and Michael, you, you, you spend a lot of time with stressed out families, right? 
um, uh, me being among that uh, group. So how, how, do you, how do you see this notion of simple playing out as it relates to families? Well, I think even families who are living like a simple family life, they're busy. And so youth ministry in the past, you know, and I'm, I'm working in the middle school area as well as the fourth and fifth grade area. Youth ministry, maybe the past 15 years has been about like doing as many events and programs as you can. That's been a lot of the model. And it's just recently that that's shifted to bringing that more simple. And so, you know, as our student ministry moves forward, as our children's ministry moves forward, one of the things we're trying to do is to simplify life for, for the students and the families so that there's, there's one thing that they're doing. There's one thing that they can come to. And that's even meaning, you know, if, if we're doing events instead of just adding another day of the week that they have to come to, that they have to schedule in, and if they don't make it, that they miss out on, that we just elevate the level of what we're already doing. Mm. So we create a, a better program of whatever is already being offered in our midweek. If, we, if we're offering a program on Tuesday night, we, we create that a theme night. We create an event in that night. And so visitors are already exposed to what we're doing. They're already exposed um, to our regular programming, and we're not adding more stress to a family's life because, like I said, even families who are doing this well, um, their lives are busy. And so just trying to simplify that model. That's good. What would you add, Andy? Yeah, and I think it alleviates that tension and that pressure from a family to either have to do everything that's offered because it all seems good, and you, you're, you're at church four or five times a week, and you're serving, and you're trying to make every event and every program, and then you're burned out because you've, you've done so much. Or the opposite tension of feeling you pick and choose because it's just reality, and then you feel like you've missed out. That you're choosing between two good options, and you have to pick this one because of schedule or because of priorities or uh, life stage, and then your friends or your kids' friends, or you feel guilty because you're not serving in this thing, and your friend. It just it alleviates that tension of feeling like you're missing something uh, and that you're not doing enough, even though you're, you're doing plenty. And so simplifying allows you to focus on one good, important thing, and it kind of aligns priorities uh, with of what we think uh, should be. And uh, either Allison or Chuck, um, t- tell me a little bit, tell us a little bit about um, as, as we leave this building and go out into the world, not, not, uh, not ar- necessarily always around the world, but also right here in our own backyard, how does this notion of simple play out as we work either in North Avenue or, you know, globally even? Part of being simple is not, and we've talked about overscheduling, but it's also having a focus. And so part of our focus as Parkview is we want you to be in relationships uh, with people of different races, of different cultures, of different backgrounds, um, of, and with the least of these. And we give you that space, and we also give you that opportunity at Parkview. Chuck, would you add anything to that? Yeah, I think uh, part of part of being able to do outreach, as Allison was talking about, and, and connected with, is, is just having time to do it. Um, I grew up in a, uh, a church that I'm incredibly thankful for. Uh, this is the second church I've been a part of. That might be kind of unusual in this <laughs> modern world, but Parkview is the second one. I spent my first 48 years at another church, both as a, you know a baby through. Uh, getting married and having kids and raising my kids there. And uh, it was great, uh, but it was highly programmed. Uh, when I was young, we would have services, two services, Sunday morning, Sunday night would be a service, Wednesday night would be a service, and then scattered out throughout the week were other things. And uh, it, it was great, and again, I have a, a tremendous background from that. 
one thing it didn't allow for is much time for else. You throw in some Little League games or some soccer games, and it just gets to be really programmed, and there's not much opportunity to connect outside. And so I think part of Simple Church is just having the margin to be able to actually connect with your neighbors and be involved in other outreach things. Mm, that's good. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some of the questions that came from the audience. Um, some I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one of them is, uh, how is it with your soul? Or how do some of you tend to your own souls? Uh, maybe one or two of you could answer that. Yeah. I think this is really important. Um, this question, how is it with your soul? Um, it was a question that, um, in the process of developing groups, um, came to my attention a number of years ago, and it's been something that I ask myself regularly. Um, but I live in a regular cycle of quarterly retreats. So I go on a silent retreat for um, three days each quarter. And um, during that retreat time, I undergo a time of spiritual direction where I have someone who helps me um, discern and listen to the voice of God. Um, and I also provide emotional space um, for whatever I would have to bring to the table. And sometimes that is mourning. Um, sometimes I just need to hear from God about something that happened. You know, I just, I just need to lay it down at his feet. Um, on a daily basis, um, I think that, you know, the process of, of being, uh, becoming like Christ is a, a process of spiritual transformation. And in the daily rhythms of my life, it's trying to slow and to be in a posture of receptivity and to listen and receive what God would have um, have for me on that day, and um, it is listening to him through his word, um, and it is taking moments of silence to simply be still. Mm. I'm someone who likes to move and likes to do things, and the process of stillness and silence is something that is um, very, very important for my own soul. Yeah. Anyone else? Oh, you've been called out. My soul is... Uh, been called out, uh, <laughs> apparently. Uh, no, we did an exercise um, a few few months ago with our staff just as part of a bigger thing, but one of the questions in this uh, few-day planning process was, uh, what are your replenishers? How do, you, how do you get recharged? I don't remember the phrase. And I think it's really important for everyone to know what are those things that uh, recharges you. And so for me, um, it's walking, uh, not necessarily for fitness sake, but just because I like to just walk, which is uh, kind of a bummer in January. Um, because it's, it's cold, but uh, it's walking, it's going to the city, it's, um, it's being at baseball games, not because I'm a fanatic, but just, I just, it just calms me, it's an atmosphere. It's just knowing those things where you can connect with others or where you can connect with God or where you can just, you know, be silent. And so for me, it's, it's, I, I hop the train to the city and I just walk around and, and watch people and stuff like that. Uh, but for others, it might be water or it might be the woods or whatever it is. I think it's important to know what those things mm -hmm. are for you uh, so that when you're feeling it and, and you know you're on, on the edge, you can uh, turn to those things and, and replenish. And I was going to say, you know, we, we live this as a church, as an organization. Um, uh, we have the freedom uh, to do that, mm -hmm. to replenish when we need it. And I know I, for one, appreciate that, that mm -hmm. we live out this simple church model uh, even in our day-to-day -to, -day to go, if you, need, if you need that today, take it. Mm, that's good. Susan, somebody asked um, the question around um, support groups and recovery groups, um, and, and how do you 
discern when to start a group or, or what group should be started. And while you're thinking about that, let me just say that recovery is a recovery and support groups are, are a core element of Parkview. Uh, we believe everybody needs recovery from something. And uh, so we've, we've sort of normalized that, that, that discussion around the topic of recovery and health, and, um, and we make it, hopefully we make it accessible for people. So, so Susan, wh how do you determine what, what should be started and when? That's a great question, because um, there's a lot of things that could be offered, a lot more than what, what there is. But uh, in the two and a half years that I've been doing congregational care, it has been those things that have been elevated that people have come to me who've had burdens on their heart that they've been struggling with, whether it's in an in a addictive type behavior or um, many of you know we started a marriage ministry last fall and that was because I was doing a lot of marriage counseling and the need just kept coming over and over and I realized, Lord, we've got to help. We have got to be a church that, that walks with people whatever uh, stage in their marriage that they're at, whether they have a great marriage or they're struggling or they're just kind of like, ah, you know, I'm married to this person, but it's not real exciting, hmm. you know. And so um, that's where that's where we're. I try to discern by the needs that come forth, not just one need, but many needs, and and then I go to prayer, you know. Then I seek the Lord and say, God, is this something that you want to see? this church, this body of believers, can we be of help to your children here right now? Hmm. That's good. Donnie, several people have asked, uh, uh, you know, questions around the notion of, of worship and how, how do we, what's kind of your approach towards simple as it relates to the worship uh, that you help to establish on Sunday morning? You know, I, you could go two ways with this, but the thing that... Um, the thing that drew me to, one of the big things that drew me to Parkview in particular uh, when, when Dave and Ray initially reached out was um, Ray's style of teaching. Uh, I've never been around somebody who <clears throat> could be so analytical and wonderful in his teaching. We have doctors and lawyers and college professors that attend our church, and, and but and it's, it's great teaching, but the way he teaches is that uh, no matter where you are in your faith journey, you could walk in the back door and never darken the doorstep of a church before, and you would understand what he's saying. You know what I mean? Like, he's a great, great teacher. And so, um, for me, it's been a fun kind of shift because I, I try to model what we do uh, on a Sunday morning with the same heart. Uh, I grew up in church, so it's I, I, I fight that tendency to, hey, everybody, come on, let's worship. Like, everybody, well, good morning. You know, like, I, I fight against that big time uh, because I want to create a safe place for you no matter where you are. And sometimes I'll even say, like, you know, whether you're at the top of a mountain or you're in the lowest valley, and, and that might be depressing for some of you because you're like, man, this guy's just always talking about the worst guy in the room, you know. But that's not the point. I want to create a safe space for you. I really do. Uh, because I need it. Like, I need it on a daily basis. The one thing that I know uh, as I get older is that I need Jesus more and more every day. Uh, that's the only thing I know. And, and so, for me, simplifying that means choosing songs uh, of, of worship to welcome people, to, make them, to allow you to feel connected to God. Uh, and then we design, you know, the, the middle two songs like we just did based around what we're going to talk about. How can... How can we create a space? Jesus, if you're not my one thing, 
how simple is that? Like, mm. th I, have, I don't want anything except for you. That's, that's what we're trying to create as a space for you to come in this morning and say, oh, man, this is, it's gotten out of control. I need that one thing. Jesus, if you're not my one thing, all I need is you right now. And that's as simple as it gets for me. Hmm. Good. Uh, someone is curious as to why I leave my shirt untucked. Um, uh, I, I will tell you, if you go back over time and see uh, pictures of how I dress, uh, those days where my shirt is untucked, I'm usually trying to cover uh, maybe a little bit of excess uh, holiday weight. Um, so thank you for calling that out. Um, yeah. Uh, so, no, somebody wanted to know if that was about simple. I don't, that's weird. But um, so... But a number of people, a number of people ask questions around um, how how can we care the congregation? How can the congregation care for the staff? How can we pray for the staff? Um, so, w w just what would you say? Just starting somewhere, just real one or two words. What would you say about um, you know what people could pray for and, and care for us? This isn't necessarily a pray for, but it's a care for us. Um, I think assuming the best in us, mm. we do this work because um, God has called us to it, and we get that someday we're going to have to stand before God and answer for the decisions that we made in leadership of this congregation, and so we take those decisions very, very seriously, and um, we pray about them. We go to this group of people and others who we pursue wisdom with to um, find wisdom and to seek what God would have. So um, it's challenging when, um, when people don't assume the best in us. So I would say assume the best in us. Hmm. Yeah. Anyone else? Yeah, I, I would say um, just continue to pray and lift up our families. You know, um, Dave often says in our pastoral staff meetings that um, being a pastor of a church sometimes is relentless. You know, I mean, it, it's you know, I, I mean, many of us have been in the hospital with, with some of you till 3, 4 in the morning, and we count that a privilege, um, but we do take that time away from our families. Mm. And so um, it is, it's a busy schedule sometimes, and there's a lot going on, and we do have some events, even though we're trying to simplify those. Um, and so just that we uh, continue to make our families uh, a, a priority and have time with them and pray for uh, how we, you know, that... Um, we can carve out that time with our families, but also that we don't bring the, bring the, some of the heaviness that we carry back to our homes with mm. our families, but that we can be present with them uh, just as we are and not bring that kind of heaviness that sometimes comes with caring for people. You know, we carry a lot of your burdens with us because we, we pray for you, we lift you up, and we walk this journey with you, and so that we don't do that, so we don't take that at home, then we can really be present with them. Mm. That's good. Yeah, and I would I would add to that just the the notion of um, um, our own personal walks with God, right? That that would that that the busyness of doing this work, that the um, that the ins and outs of daily ministry wouldn't take away from our own experiences with God. Uh, so that's what I would that's what I would ask for prayer for everyone on the stage and those that that work behind the scenes uh, as well. That you would just pray that our relationship with God would remain fresh every single day. So, hey, would you um, thank these guys with me? Appreciate it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray.
uh, and, uh, and then we'll continue on with uh, the finish of our service. So, Father, I thank you for this group of people, for um, their leadership. I pray, God, that you would continue to refresh their soul uh, each and every day. I pray that as a church, God, that you would remind us of um, what is most important, that we would focus on Jesus and loving our neighbor and building a community that reflects you to the world. So will you give us the courage and the strength to do those things? And I promise, when it's all said and done, we're going to give you all the honor and the glory and the praise because it's only through you that any of this is even possible. Amen. One of the uh, things that we are committed to at Parkview is global outreach. And uh, it's just a real privilege to have the Johnson family here with us, Nathan and Bethany and Ellie, for the first time here today, Ellie. (laughs) Nathan and Bethany were part of Parkview for uh, quite a few years, but the last few years they've been part that's been over in Vienna, Austria, serving uh, there. And uh, we're glad to have them here. Uh, and I just want to ask them, uh, you know, what are some of the highlights that you've had over the last three years? Yeah, we just finished that first term. And uh, the first half of it, year and a half, was language and culture learning, going to classes. Um, had some amazing teachers in language and learned so much there. Uh, the other half then was an internship in an Austrian church. And Uh, The mentor that I worked with was uh, a German pastor that was with a Swiss mission that was just a really wonderful guy. And I was just so blessed. He was a a wonderful cultural guide for me, but also um, just a a really great pastor and a great friend. I know that sometimes you think, uh, oh, I see all these buildings, pictures of churches in in Europe, but uh, there's a big need for people to actually know Christ. So we're glad to be part of that. And uh, as you go back, uh, what kind of things do you see changing? Yeah, so we went with the goal of church planting, and we're now going to shift towards that. We'll be relocating to a new neighborhood where there's no evangelical church and starting something new, probably starting with Bible studies and home ministry and then expanding from there. So we're going to be building our team of Austrians and missionaries to go to that new place. So it's exciting. Yes, and we're partnering with the local church. There's an Austrian Evangelical Church Association that we're underneath. So we're submitting to their leadership in terms of where the church needs to be planted and then partnering with them to, to build a team of people. So Very good. That's another thing we're really thankful for is uh, just connecting with the local churches there because they really know what's going on. And so we're glad to be a part of that. Uh, is there any way that we can connect with you uh, and become involved? Uh, Well, in terms of prayer requests, you know, we have a lot going on in the time that we're in the States. Um, And so just praying for all of those different transitions um, that need to happen in our lives. And then obviously the the new transition going back to Austria and preparing to plant churches there. If you want to hear more about this, um, we are doing four small group gatherings. uh, And we'd be really excited to tell you about that. Um, So we're going to have a table out in the front out there. You can connect with us there. Okay, and we've asked Nathan if he would pray in German to close our prayer, this, to close our service this morning, and then Bethany is going to uh, pray after that. Uh, similar to what you can't, yeah, similar to what Nate Nate says. So. Herr Jesus, wir danken dir, dass du uns zu einem einfachen Leben gerufen hast, dass wir ja so nah zu dir, aber so einfach leben. 
dürfen. Und wir beten, dass ja, wir, wir also Nein sagen. Wir, wir beten, dass wir äh, die, die Macht und die Kraft haben, äh, Ja zu dir zu sagen und Nein zu äh, so vielen anderen Sachen, die nicht notwendig sind. Danke, Jesus. Amen. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you that you call us to live a simple life. And we pray, God, that you would give us the, the power and the wisdom to know when to say yes and when to say no. God, we thank you that you call us to you and to say yes to you and give us the wisdom to say no to things that, that we need to say no to, Father. We thank you so much, God, for, for the simplicity.